Hello, everyone, and welcome to Please Use the Mic, a podcast uh, produced by Mark Loudon and Suzanne Char. Suzanne Char is a first-year medical student. I'm Mark Loudon. I'm just a tech guy. But Suzanne, uh, you had a great day yesterday. Tell us first a little bit about your day yesterday, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. Well, just for you putting me on the spot, <laughs> I I was at Heritage uh, studying. I wasn't planning to talk to anyone. I literally took study break, and then all of a sudden, I saw all the incoming first year downstairs in the atrium talking uh, to to uh, students and whatnot. So one of my friends called me downstairs, and I was like, "Okay, I guess I'll take my study break talking to you, all of you guys." And that five minutes turned to an hour later, but <laughs> that's <laughs> that's fine. It was uh, it was really cool experience because I got to talk to a lot of incoming first year who some of them actually has been listening to the podcast and know a lot about HCOM from the podcast, which was like, "Ah, oh, cool." So you guys hopefully be on the podcast whenever you start med school. If we end up continuing this, hopefully we are. But yeah, so that was kind of really cool experience. I was like, oh my god, I I always forget that people actually listen to this, and then people start calling my name out of nowhere. I was like, who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> Why are you calling my name? But yeah, it was fun. Ah, uh, the price of celebrity, pal. Price of celebrity. I like <laughs> no, embarrassing you. It's so fun. Um, so anyway. Today, we're gonna to talk about uh, the schedule as a fourth year student. So uh, as you can imagine, first year is rough, second year is rough, third year is rough, and fourth year is rough. Uh, so we're gonna talk more about fourth year. So Suzanne, uh, where are we going with this? Uh, I have no idea, but I guess we'll figure it out with our two guests and talk. So let's start with uh, Emma. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, which campus you're at, what got you into medical school and where are you heading after you graduate in two, three, four weeks? I had to look at my calendar. I was like, how many weeks until graduation? I know. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Emma Skrull. Um, I was a on the Cleveland campus and I was actually accepted to OU through the early assurance program that they have, which is a program for Ohio high school students to get accepted as a senior in high school. And then they have an affiliation with, I think now five universities in Ohio. And you can do either three years undergrad or four years. Um, I originally was a three year, but then I switched to four years because I had 18 credit semester. I was like, I'm too much. So they were gracious to accept me. And I did ended up doing three and a half at undergrad at John Carroll University and then started at OU. Um, I've been wanting to be a physician since I was three years old. So it's been a journey. And when I do the math, it's been 20, almost like 25 years, 26 years of my life to this moment. Um, and then also at OU, I was a PCA, which we'll talk about in a different episode. But um, I got uh, matched this year. I matched to Akron Children's and in pediatrics, and I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. And Krishna, welcome back to the <laughs> podcast. I know you've been you've been on a previous episode. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who haven't listened to that episode, which campus and what are you doing after graduation? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Krishna Benyamraju. I'm a fourth-year medical student from the Athens campus. I matched into general surgery at Mountain View Hospital in Las Vegas. I got a prelim surgery year there. Um, so my last rotation officially ended this past Friday. So I'm like done, done until graduation. So um, 
I'm still in Athens at the moment because my residency mailed the um, employment agreement I have to sign. So I have to wait for that to actually show up here and then I can sign it and, you know, fax it back to them. And then I'll probably decide if I want to stay here and move from here or go home for a bit. Awesome. That's exciting. How's life post-match? Like, how's life now since both of you finished your rotations? Like, I, I bet you have so much free times. What have you been up to? Um, Emma, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had a cardiology rotation, like, right after my match. So, it, I mean, I had four weeks where I was still going into the hospital and spending eight, nine hours a day there and, like, seeing patients at ICU and stuff. Um, so this is really kind of my period where I just started, okay, now you're like officially a post-match M4 where you don't have anything and no responsibilities. So I will say it is kind of weird to not have anything to study or not have any like essays to write or surveys to do or something to fill out an e-medley or like an OMM session to start getting ready for or something, but it's interesting. Um, it's a good chance to catch up on sleep and start eating healthy again and exercising more and, you know, catch up with friends and stuff. Yeah, I'd say my last rotation also ended Friday, but it was a family med rotation. Um, so it was really chill and it was mainly the residents. So they all knew like, oh, you're post-match. Oh, okay. You can kind of do whatever you want, which is kind of nice. Um, but now because moving, I'm in, uh, I like having a project to do or else I'll get bored. So now right now is apartment planning. And then also to get some extra money, I work at a flower shop part-time. So I kind of did that off and on through medical school, just the holidays, like the main ones, which are Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is coming up, even though I can't work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leading up to Mother's Day because of graduation. Um, they, they just, it's super fun. It's really chill. Actually, we work a lot during the holidays, but everybody just comes together as a team and um, I'm going to miss them going to <laughs> residency, but um, that's just another way for me to get, stay busy um, get some extra money before moving and, um, yeah, hanging out with family, planning to go visit my best friend who lives in Buffalo, see her new child. So, um, yeah, it's doing that. Awesome. So now, uh, to talk about the main, I guess, topic of this episode, which is schedule of a fourth year student, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the transition between third year and fourth year? Uh, we talked a little bit before about in March of your third year, you'll probably start applying to away rotations if you're doing away rotations or trying to set up your elective schedule because fourth year, it's like kind of all up to you from my understanding, like you do all the setup schedule wise. So can you tell me a little bit about that experience, what it entail, especially with different pediatric and general surgery is so much different lives, basically, uh, and whoever wants surfers. Um, I guess I can go first. Uh, so yes, you're right that we kind of set up our own schedule. Um, so your APA will kind of give you like a basic outline of requirements that there's like a certain number of weeks that you need to do internal medicine or a subspecialty. Um, and then there's a four week primary care capstone. Um, and there might be, a f and then there's also like a four week surgery requirement. Uh, 
So beyond those, you are, it's up to you how you schedule your elective time. So the general rule is you have 20 weeks of elective time and 16 weeks can be out of the state. Um, so for at least one, like if you're to use all 20 weeks, at least four weeks has to be in the state somewhere. Um, that's only if you're applying to a specialty. If you're doing primary care, you have unlimited elective time. So for me doing general surgery, I chose to do, four, I only did one out-of-state elective. I chose to try to focus heavily on programs that have accepted OU students in the past, um, which are usually all the osteopathic programs, the community surgery programs. So I rotated through there. And luckily enough, I was able to rotate in-state for all of them. Actually, no, now that I think back, no, there was one two-week rotation I did out of state as well. So only two of my rotations. Uh, so the way it works is you go through a platform called VSLOW and you will log on there and you can upload your transcripts, which are mainly your board scores. And um, I think they want a, I think they do request like your preclinical curriculum to see if you had any issues with delays or having to repeat semesters or anything like that. Um, you'll need a photo ID, which, um, spoiler alert, your white picture that you have on your badge that is also on eMedley. I'm not sure if it's going to be on Salesforce. will work for that. Um, so you don't need a separate headshot or anything for that. And then you kind of have the choice of just scrolling through and deciding, okay, where do you want to rotate? What specialty do you want to rotate? And you have a variety of choices of two-week versus four-week versus some are eight-weeks. Um, uh, my recommendation is try to do four weeks because that's kind of the sweet spot of it's not too little time. They don't really get to know you, but it's not so much time that you're losing elective time somewhere else. Um, and you also have the choices of doing sub eyes in specific specialties, which this was new to me. I didn't know this, but you can like in surgery, you can specifically rotate on trauma or transplant or pediatrics or cardiac. Um, pretty much every subspecialty of surgery is on there, like even surgeonic and plastics. Um, I chose to only focus on general surgery because I did, had no plans to apply to any integrated residencies. Uh, so you can go on to the specific link and they'll usually have a drop-down menu of available dates that you can apply to. And this is where things get kind of hectic. You have to figure out how all you're going to fit all your electives together. And you can't really, everyone wants to kind of neatly stack them. Okay, four weeks here, four weeks here, four weeks here, back to back to back. Um, and then you're going to find out that the dates overlap. And then there's like a huge gap here. And then that place over there isn't offering what you want at that time. So it becomes very messy and you have random gaps. Um, and the other issue is also that you, if they decide that you have a requirement time that you have to be at OU for something, you, you'll have to cancel that rotation. So it's kind of like you have to piece together your schedule. And the other part that I also didn't really consider was that when you apply to the rotation, they may or may not accept you. If somebody else already got that slot before you, then they'll turn you down and you'll have to find another place. So I know that's a lot of information really fast. Um, Emma, did you want to add anything else? 
Yeah, you uh, mentioned a lot about vSlow and um, basically I upload transcripts, CV, and again, vSlow is not just for Ohio, it can be anywhere. You can filter by state, you can filter by specialty, all these things. Um, it's just very stressful time. Mine was a little bit different because I was off my PCA year, so I feel like I had more time than um, a third year might. So I got lucky because I I was talking about other people I'm like I don't know how you guys did it as third years. It's just stressful. You're you're on rotation. You're trying to apply to all of these. Um, the other thing that your um, APA should send you, um, at least in Cleveland, is a rotation calendar that kind of already has the set dates of when you're supposed to be on campus or a tentative schedule like hey block this time you have to be on campus for the gme readiness event which happens at the end so you can graduate um but like krishna said the schedule is the ou schedule may not line up with any other like hospital system schedule which i ran into and because i wanted to save my vacation time for later I couldn't do that because i would have these one weird one week ones i'm just like okay i'm just going to put a vacation week there um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of all up to you and it's stressful. Cause then you're like, how many do I apply to in this time frame? And if you're waiting for that main one and you get, uh, acceptance first and you only have a certain amount of time that you can accept it. Sometimes I think I've seen a couple days up to a week. I don't know if there's some that only gives you a certain like hours. Um, I didn't run into that, but, um, it's a lot of decision-making, on you of like what do you really want what's best for you um but the tips and strategies is just kind of make a spreadsheet maybe figure out what's really important to you what would help you that you think to match um at the place that you want to but yeah i just know it's just a whole big stress mess process um I go ahead krishna sorry i should add that there are programs that do not go through vslow so a lot of the osteopathic and AOA residencies, some of the smaller, or not necessarily smaller, but like community programs will not go through VSLO. So for example, Western Reserve, Kettering, both of them, do, um, yeah, those two do not go through VSLO. So if you want to rotate at either of those, make sure you Google that specific program and you find their um, portal for applying on their webpage. Um, so, you know, just... Basically, this is something that you want to start thinking about where you want to rotate, where you want to target for residency earlier on. Um, it doesn't have to be like, okay, this is my this is my rank list already before I've even like done my first rotation. And it just kind of get an idea of okay, community versus academic, big city versus rural, um, lots of research opportunities versus not so many, and just kind of focused on um, doing lots of cases. Um, and then kind of figure out, okay, which programs line up with that? Which ones of those do you think you're definitely going to be competitive for? And then make sure you know, okay, is it through VSLO? Is it through their website? Because if you find out too late, it's going to be harder for you because other people are coming to take that slot. Yeah, that's a good point. And I was, I wrote it down, I was going to mention it. Um, they also, at least in Cleveland, they'll send out other options for rotations around Cleveland. And then you just email your APA and, or put an e-medley, like a schedule request that we can go over, like, hey, I want to do here, um, where it's, again, not on VSLOW. And then, Emma, I had a follow-up question for you. I've never really asked it before. I think I've wanted to, but I've always been scared to with PCAs. Uh, you enter PCA, is that a good setup? Okay. So you enter PCA year and you go back in, right, yep. as a fourth year. Yep. How hard is it to get that rhythm back? 
you know, how hard is it to feel like it can't be like riding a bike because it's being a doctor. So how hard is it to get that rhythm back? Um, so I, for my goals, personal goals of PCA year, one of mine was to get better clinical skills and be out in the field. So, which I did. So because I was in the the field, I'll say the field in quotes, um, I did about close to a hundred extra clinic hours. Um, and also to set myself up, I think for more success, I, my first rotations back, I didn't go right into a sub eye. I did something more outpatient to kind of get back into it. And so I wouldn't feel as, cause it was intimidating, but honestly, when I was back in there, I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. I got this. It's, it's back. You're there. You're switching every month. You're meeting the residents, you mean the attendings and you're learning, but that's kind of how I handled that. Cause again, I think everybody is a little bit nervous in PCA or coming back, but um, I always wanted to do just something easier and then, then do a sub eye. So I was kind of ready to go for my sub eye. Awesome. Well, this sounds like a lot of planning. When did you both start all of this planning? If Baselow, is that the right name of the application, start like in March and you're off into rotation like July, did you like start planning around December and looking into programs where you want to apply or how, how did you approach that? Because like you're already on your third year or PCA year uh, rotations, you have all the exams after each rotation because like shelf exams, they call them, I'm assuming. If, if I have the terms wrong, please, please correct me. But like you have all those exams after that acquired rotations and like your rotations, you're studying and then you're trying to manage looking out programs. How, how did how did that play into your schedule? When did you start looking at it? How did you approach it? Did you talk about upperclassmen or how was it? For you, for both of you. Um, I guess okay for the rest of this. I think I'm just gonna go first, and I will go second, so we don't keep keep having these pauses. Yeah, so I started I think end of October, kind of thinking about it just broadly, like okay, you know, it's time to pick. Are you doing surgery versus another specialty? Um, and then kind of into early November, I started kind of figuring out my list and start applying. Uh, like when you go on VSLOW, like the school gives you something called a VSLOW token, um, which, or sorry, not a VSLOW token, an ERAS token, which you use to kind of register. And that's kind of like a, it's like an authentication that's student specific that basically lets AAMC know that, uh, that, okay, yes, this is a medical student who has passed their preclinical boards. They've pass their school exams and they're eligible for third and fourth year rotations um, or like they've passed their third year rotations and they're eligible for these out rotations. Um, and so you had like the school and make sure that you're registered and ready to apply weeks ahead of any um, so like a sub I application. So it's not like you're waiting for some approval from some entity while everyone's taking your spot. And once you're registered and you log into VSO, you'll see that these programs, they all kind of have different times that they'll start accepting applications. Um, but I think the majority of them start looking at applications at the end of October. Um, and then if you have specific ones in mind, you can always kind of go back to their website and check to see, did they update when we, when we start receiving applications or when we start looking at applications? Um, so I know for me, I had a program that I really wanted to rotate at, and they said that we don't start looking at applications until this specific date. Um, 
And so it gives you a bit of time to kind of prepare and they'll tell you even on the website, what do we look for um, and what do you have to submit? So you have time to um, do that. I got lucky in that during the winter time, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was November. Um, I was on an emergency medicine rotation and I was, I'm, I picked a more rural site for my third year rotations. So I was able to kind of get bits of time when things were kind of slowing down in the ER that I could work on some of this stuff. And for the most part, the applications are pretty standardized. They really only ask for stuff that the school already provides you, like your transcripts and your photo and like a PDF of your board scores. Um, but keep in mind, they may, they can always ask for more and there's really no limit to what they can ask. So I had one audition where I had to write an essay on why I wanted to rotate there. Um, I applied to one place where they, I needed an essay, an essay on why I wanted to rotate there and a letter of recommendation. So I had to make sure that I asked ahead of time with my preceptor to, to write me that letter to have it ready in time. So that's kind of how planning goes is you want to be quick with making sure everything's ready. Um, because once the document is ready, you can upload it on VSLO and save it and it'll always be there. Um, so you, you know, the sooner you get everything kind of set up and ready, the better. Um, the other big thing is the immunization form. Um, so the, I keep getting AMCAS and AMC confused. The AMC uses a standardized immunization form that like covers every vaccination from the time you were a child. And you'll have to go digging through all your records to find the dates. And you'll have to actually scan that into a document with the actual verification from the doctor's office that you've gotten these shots. And even for like TB, like if you have like a positive skin test, then you have to get like a negative blood draw and like an x-ray and like it, it can turn into a mess. So like, it's really not just planning the odd rotations. It's also figuring all this stuff out. Um, so you want to start doing the stuff like, like mid-October mid to late October, I think. Yeah, and then also some of them uh, want a, a drug test from you too. So you're in drug screen. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, yeah, mine, I was a little bit different from Krishna. I always wanted to do peds um, during my PCA or something, peds, peds, peds. And I knew I wanted to stay in Ohio. So the main ones for me and around the Cleveland area was Cleveland Clinic, Akron Children's, and then Nationwide because they have the osteopathic um, recognition as well. Um, so at least in Cleveland, the Cleveland Clinic, they have a separate portal. Um, they opened up uh, to us early. So I kind of got lucky in that sense where I scheduled that sub I really, really quickly. And then any other ones that I wanted to do, I got a NICU rotation um, for January. That was only two weeks. So I kind of started that process with them. Um, Akron Children's, I didn't end up getting a sub I there because they're filled there. They filled up so quickly. But what ended up happening is that I just emailed the coordinator and I was back and forth. I'm like, hey, what about a palliative rotation? Because you need that to graduate. And like, oh, that just filled. But you, there's an ER rotation 
that you can do and I'll hold it for you. So apply and I'll hold it and you'll be the next one. And so I ended up doing that. So even though um, I didn't get a sub at Akron Children's where I eventually matched, try to do a rotation there because you get to know the people, you get to know the residents, the residents will see you, even if it's not what you want, they, they learn a lot from any rotation you're at. So don't panic if you don't get a sub by rotation at some place you really want to try to get a different type of rotation there. Because again, um, what we said, what I, what they tell you before going on third year, the attendings kind of everything, there's ears everywhere and they'll somehow figure out how they know you and if they're, if you're good or if you're not, or if you work well with the nurses, well with the residents. So um, don't panic if you do not get a sub I at your main thing, just try to get a different rotation there and it'll be okay. Um, but I, and then, yeah, it's just, um, that to really, yeah, it's just doing the best you can figuring out what is important to you and then, um, just waiting. So it's a waiting game sometimes, which can be very frustrating as a medical student because you want to just get things done. Um, but yeah, I, and this was for me, it was around December, January, because that's when the, um, portals were opening, at least for peds for me. But yeah, getting all those documents ahead of time is a lot easier because then once you're in there, all you do is upload, 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 um, and then you're good. And then like Krishna said, they just stay there. So you don't have to re-upload them at all, which is nice. Awesome. So you figured out your schedule, you applied to a law and you got it. How did you manage moving from one place to one place and adjusting to a new system or a new hospital or a new clinic or wherever you are at. How is that transition since like if you're doing two weeks here, four weeks here, eight weeks here, and then going back to two weeks, I bet like the moving aspect also is stressful. How How is that for both of you? So I tried to set my rotations up so I had a little bit of a gap in between each one. Um, of course, that didn't always work out, but I did kind of get like one to three weeks between different rotations. So I had time to come back to my apartment here in Athens and then figure out where to go next. Um, but yes, it is pretty stressful. Um, you have to remember, like, if you're gone for a month, you still need to like eat and drink water and like do the basic stuff that will keep you alive. So are you, you have to figure out, are you going to eat out for the whole month? Um you know, which means eating at the hospital or whatever, or are you going to like take stuff to cook, um, you know, cook your food. Uh, I chose to cook because I just really like to cook. Um, and I want to at least have dinner ready for me every day because on surgery rotations, you're pretty exhausted at the end of the day. Um, and the thought of, okay, well, it's late and I'm tired and I have to be up early and now I have to go find food somewhere just wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> um, so if you're going to cook, that introduces another logistical challenge, which is, well, how are you going to cook? Like, what are you going to take with you? Um, so like one of those, like all in one kind of kitchen tools, like I know they have like the Ninja Foodie now, which is like a 12 in one. I took an instant pot. Uh, I was very happy with that because it's got all the multifunction stuff and it's a little bit smaller than the crock pot. And I think it's a lot faster. Um, and I had, good success with that. And I took meal prep containers and I like, bagged up all my seasonings and just took them with me. And I was happy I did that because I think my health didn't really deteriorate as quickly because I was still eating, like I was still like taking in a lot of nutrients. And I say health deteriorating, like 
it's not like you're sick per se, but it's more like you're, you're working a lot of hours and you're not always getting enough calories on surgery. So if, so you want to like, try to like eat more nutrient dense foods at some point. So your body has some time to recover. Right. <laughs> In terms of like finding housing, I use Airbnb for all my places and I just paid the extra money to get a place for myself. Um, my very first place I was sharing with roommates and it was just a very inconvenient place. Like trying to like, like waiting in line to use the shower or, um, if the person next door to me was like playing video games, I'm like trying to sleep or something. So it, it was expensive. Um, there's a website, uh, that lets you, um, rent from residents. I forget what it's called. I think it's called rotating room, um, where you can apply to rent from residents who, like have an extra room or something. So the thing with uh, that website is they those fill up fast. So you want to try and apply for those rooms pretty much as soon as you have a kind of confirmation for your rotation. Um, and yeah, like I was like sitting down and always like I had every time I was getting ready for my next rotation, like weeks ahead of time, I would sit down with Apple Maps or Google Maps and like look at all the addresses and look at where I am from the hospital and do out all the math and see, okay, am I going on the highway? Am I going on back streets? Um, and I generally would like, even if it was extra money, I would just spend it to make sure I was within like 15 minutes of the hospital. Yeah. So for mine, I'm fortunate. I live with um, my parents at the moment. So a lot of, most of my rotations were in the Cleveland area. We live in Strongsville, which is a suburb of Cleveland. It's about 30 minutes from Cleveland. Um, but that meant I had to drive a lot. So if I was my um, if my rotation at Cleveland Clinic downtown, I would still have to budget an hour just to get down there, wake up early. Like if I had to be there by 630, I was up at like 445 just to get everything ready, get down there, park, walk the 15 minutes because they had me park at the parking garage that was like 15 minutes from where I needed to go. Um, and then I had two rotations, one in Akron, one at, in Nationwide in Columbus. I kind of used the osteopathic network. I had one of my friends who is now an intern at Akron General. He actually let me stay at his place um, uh, with his uh, fiance. So I stayed there for free. They let me hang out there. I bought my own food, um, did that. And it was just easier because that was the ER rotation. And Akron Children's is about 40 minutes from my house, about the same. And I just didn't want to risk driving at whoever, 2 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning whenever I'm off those shifts. So I stayed with him. And then for the Nationwide one, I also knew an intern at Nationwide. I texted her and she put it in her group message with all the interns. And one of the uh, MedPeds interns had an extra room. So I stayed with him uh, for Nationwide. And he, you could see Nationwide from his house. So I walked uh, I walked to and fro, so I saved gas there. And again, I bought my own food um, and did my laundry and stuff there. And so they were very gracious enough to take me. So uh, for the third and fourth years, if you if a third year knows a fourth year, or a fourth year knows an intern, try to ask ask your friends, ask around, and see. Hey, can I just hang out for a little bit? Um, and usually, people are pretty cool about that. So I have a question for both of you, and we'll start with Krishna. Um, what is the difference in you as a fourth year compared to you as a first year? What has changed? What do you think has changed most about you in your 
I know people probably a drinking game out there when I say journey, but what has changed the most about you in your journey, Krishna? What has changed from the time you were a first year? Um, I'd say I know what I like and don't like in medicine a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started off in my first year, there was I could pretty much find any aspect of any specialty. Something was interesting. Uh, like internal medicine, you get to use everything you learned and you get to like figure out how these complex uh, processes work together. Um, in surgery, you get to like immediately intervene and see like a person's full anatomy in real life. Um, in OBGYN, you're like dealing with like embryology and gestation and how like li- like life and sh- um, new people are being uh, formed and like come out into this world, right? Um, but now I know that, yes, that part of internal medicine is nice. But for me, I just don't particularly like sitting there and like thinking about this for 45 minutes. Um, and whereas with surgery, I like the immediate interventions and quick workups and being very decisive. So when I got to my fourth year, I kind of had an idea of, okay, I want, I would approach certain problems a certain way. And it's not necessarily that it's right or wrong. It's just that your personality will fit into a certain specialty one way versus another. Um, and I know like surgeons get stereotyped as being very impatient and like they see an issue and they're like, okay, I want the problem fixed in the next five and a half seconds, or I'm going to like go complain to someone. Uh, so I would say that definitely, like I know what kind of cases and what kind of things I want to see um, and where I want to go day to day in the hospital for certain things. Um, I'd say that's kind of like the main change. And I guess I'm a little bit more confident in myself because I've kind of made it to the end of medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, like I matched a prelim year, so I'm still waiting for like the future categorical spots. I'm still a little bit shaky on the confidence, but I'm not so worried about passing board exams and stuff anymore. What do you want? Yeah, I would say it's uh, very similar to what Krishna said. Again, finding out what you really want to do and what you like. I was similar to him where I, again, every specialty was something that I really liked. OB-GYN kind of swayed me a little bit um, because of the procedure, little procedures and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I like kids. I like following them. I like being there at the building block and just helping them kind of live a healthy life and learning good habits early on so they can prevent like the issues like hypertension, diabetes and, and obesity. And I did like being in the OR. It was fun. I liked helping. I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> I would never want that responsibility of being in charge of the OR. So I knew surgery wasn't for me and the long hours. And um, so I knew I wanted the outpatient kind of sort of life, regular schedule as much as possible. Obviously, residency is a whole different animal. And yes, I know I have long hours and different things, but the end goal is um, outpatient and um, regular schedule-ish. <laughs> but um, And then again, I was going to say the confidence thing as well, because first year, I mean, when you come in medical school, you're like, oh, I have to know everything. I have to know everything. And, and you get to the rotations part nobody knows everything they don't and everybody's learning like even the residents and if there's um second rising second year is worried about third year um you don't have to know everything like it's fine the bar is really low and as long as you're trying and you say hey i don't know this but i'm gonna look this up and sometimes in the intending like, the attendings don't know the, the attending will ask a question just to the group and they're like i don't know and that's okay so it's just being confident in the fact like i know my skills it's okay. And as long as you're just there helping the team, um, it's just really great. So yeah, I think that's the difference. 
then I guess on a different note, what advice would you give rising fourth year students or people who are doing their fourth year at one point? What advice would you give them about that whole year process into the graduation date, I guess? Krishna, you want to start off? Yeah. Um, number one, like your your hard work is what got you into medical school and your hard work is what carried you through 75% of medical school. Right. So like one thing you have to remember is, yes, I understand that. Oh, my gosh, residency applications are right around the corner and there's step two and there's auditions and I want to go to this place. Will they like me? Will they not like me? What if I have to soap? But the thing is that you've already made it through most of medical school. Right. You made it through the first big, big board exam, which I mean, a lot of even I think that step one, level one were the hardest of the board series. So you've already made it past that. And then again, you made it through the rotations. Right. Like if you don't have any interest in surgery, you wanted to do family medicine, you still want to do family medicine, you made it through surgery and OBGYN already, right? So number one, like, you know more than you think you know. Um, and number two, just getting this far is kind of already proof that you're a good fit for medicine and you're probably a good fit for whatever specialty you want to do, right? Like, like almost nobody is a perfect fit or a natural at the specialty that they're in. They got to that point after years and years of study and practice and having hard days and learning from those, right? So you're seeing like the finished product and you're worried that you're not there yet, which I know I love to do that for personally. Um, but, you know, you're just getting that far means you're doing well. So the advice I would give is, you know, we're, we're nowhere near done. So keep working hard, figure out what resources you can use that are like going to give you a large volume of information um, quickly because you want to stand out on your auditions. And the main thing that always stands out to people is knowledge base. Um, all of like the technical skills and stuff like you, even in surgery, like they care a little less about technical skill than they do about your knowledge base. Um, so, you know, like keep working hard, find the good resources, um, be yourself on rotations. Um, like, don't be afraid to like show your personality a little bit. Um, remember to maintain professionalism, but like, don't go around being like a robot because you're scared that you're going to like say the wrong thing or whatever, um, because that will actually act as a detriment because residents want somebody that they know that they can work with. Uh, and make sure that if you're going to like go to and rotate at a place and you want to rank them, um, you like them as much as they like you. And that's a good personality fit between the two of you. Because once you're matched there, that's a legally binding contract between you and that program for three to seven years. And you're going to be with them every single day. And you'll be there 60, 80 hours a week. And you want to make sure that you're happy while you're there and that they're happy to have you there. Yeah, I'll just go off of what Krishna's last point was. I was going to talk about more it's fourth year is kind of figuring out like solidifying what specialty you want and in doing so you have to take a look at every aspect of that specialty and if you're at a sub i again like what you're going to rank if you want to rank them you want to see how are the residents how they interact with each other um do they look happy do they i mean yes they're probably going to be stressed but you know what i mean there's there's a certain thing where you can tell our residents are content and happy with their program versus not um yes residency all of them are going to be you know capped at 80 hours but still look around and really do some soul searching and say okay can i really see myself here do i like the atmosphere do i like this neighborhood do i like 
does this uh, program offer me things that I want? If you like rural medicine, do they have a big, do they um, cater to rural um populations are they uh, my thing is i like osteopathic medicine i want to do omt on my patients and akron children's they right now our class is 19 osteopathic to five allopathic and i know for a fact that some of the residents do omt on their patients um, in the hospital so that's something that was important to me so ask those questions even if it's not your interview day literally ask as many questions as you can um, on your rotations and just get a really good feel um and this is a time to kind of be a little bit selfish and be like, what do I want? How, because you're going to have to live there. Like Krishna said, in three to seven years, you have to be happy um, and just really figure out what you want. Um, I'll say patience is another thing because it's going to be a lot of waiting. It's fourth year, you then apply for residency, which is a whole animal in itself. But um, patience is a big thing. Uh, and then have fun on your rotations. Um, just try to find something. I know a trick that I did because I want to do peds early on is every specialty I went to, I talked to the preceptors and were like, hey, as an outpatient provider, what can I do to make your life easier or when should I send my patients to you? So trying to figure out from that aspect of uh, just that just kept my mind interested and focused on here's the most common things how can I, as a primary care provider, instead of just sending everybody out to specialty, 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 what can I do to um, either do the first steps or treat the most common things first before sending them out to the specialty? So that's another tip to get keep engaged in your rotations. But yeah, um, fourth year is going to be stressful the first half probably, but, um, but just try to have as much fun as you can. Um, take the breaks. Um, when you get them and everything will, will work out for you. I know people say that all the time. You're probably sick of that, but it does. Uh, so, yeah. Fantastic. Thank both both of you for coming on today. Uh, this has really been great. Uh, it's refreshing uh, to see the excitement in your faces because we know it comes up in a couple of weeks, the big walk uh, commencement. So uh, definitely enjoy this time in between. And then uh, I know more things happen after that. But thank both of you very much. Thank all of you that listened to the show. Uh, this has been season two, episode 12. Schedule is a fourth year. And uh, it is an exciting time. And of course, like all the other years, a lot of work and some schedule work too. Anyway, thank you all very much. We'll be back with another episode soon. And until then, take care and take care of each other. Thank you. Bye. Information, views, and ideas presented on this podcast are solely those of the authors and contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy, views, or position of the Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, Ohio University, or Health System Affiliations. Information presented on this podcast is intended to provide information which may be helpful to medical students. It is not intended to be a substitute for formal mentoring and or replace academic guidance provided by medical schools or other professionals. The Please Use the Mic podcast is the property of Suzanne Char and Mark Loudon.